All right. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone's having a fantastic week or has had a fantastic week. My weeks start on uh, on Mondays. I, I generally take Sundays off, uh, just the time for family and stuff like that. So um, if today is the start of the new week for you, I uh, hope you're going to have a great week. All right, guys, welcome to our regular Sunday call. It is Turkey Week this week. Uh, so I hope everyone's out there you know, making plans for, uh, for joining uh, their friends, family, their loved ones, and all that good stuff. Um, personally, I think Thanksgiving um, <laughs> probably less of a Hallmark holiday than a lot of other holidays. Um, but, you know, I, I think Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, period. You know, it's like it's perfect for me. Um, but I was out last week. Uh, it's also uh, November is like a big month for me where I, uh, I, I generally I have a, I have I call it my me month where, you know, I go out and um, I do some hunting. Um, basically try and spend as much time in here uh, getting things squared away and, and uh, uh, getting my head right for the coming months and, and even the next year. And it's just a big, it's just a huge, it's just a refresher for me. So I, you know, I just go out in the woods I and mean, it was 20 degrees out there and, uh, it was cold, but you know, if you got the right gear and everything, you're, you're good to go. Um, and you know, I basically, I sat in a tree stand for, I don't know, a total of probably like 26 hours, uh, over this past weekend. And, uh, I would do it again tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, so that's where I was at. So I apologize for, uh, for not really, uh, being available last week. And I, I kind of canceled that at the last minute. That's really what I apologize about. Um, I'm not, I'm okay with canceling. I just don't like to, um, you know, I don't really like to uh, do that on last minute, last minute's notice, especially when I knew it well in advance, but okay. So before we get started, uh, I have a really quick question for everyone. Let me make sure there's no, I'm going to throw the chat up here. Give me just one quick second. Okay. I'm throwing the chat up there for a specific purpose because I have a quick question um, for everyone on this call. Um, maybe something for everyone to just kind of ponder about while we, while we chatted up here. I am looking for, and this is outside of real, actually it can be, it can be related to real estate as well, but I'm looking for some uh, really, really useful apps. All right. Number one, to help me better manage my time. And number two, to help me organize my life a little bit more. You know, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I, I use Google Drive and that's a, just a huge mess. It's a big... I mean, there's thousands and thousands of documents in Google Drive, and um, I spend so much time trying to reorganize things that I ultimately end up just creating a bigger mess. So, I would really love to know if you guys have any kind of um, any kind of tools that could could uh, that you would suggest that could help me manage both of those items. I need I need something to better manage my time, and something to uh, kind of organize things. And and um, it could even be a system. It doesn't necessarily have to be an app. Um, but I have a couple requirements for it. Number one, it has to be utilitarian in nature, meaning 
I don't play games. If there's, if it's going to be gamified or anything like that, forget about it. I don't want it. Um, I just, uh, I don't have time to, uh, to play games. Uh, secondly, I'm an Android user, so I'm, uh, I'm really sorry for you, <laughs> for you Apple users. I, I kid, I, I really have, I will tell you this. I, I I've had both and, uh, I bought a, so this was, this is about, I don't know, this is about, this is about eight years ago. I, I actually uh, ordered and purchased a, uh, an iPhone on a Thursday, tried it through the weekend. And I was like the first one in line on Monday to return the damn thing. I didn't, I didn't care for it. I just didn't, I, I'm, I'm a gadgety type of guy. Like I, I really like to, uh, I really like multiple ways to, uh, to accomplish something. And I just didn't have that flexibility with the iPhones, but so I'm an Android user, you know, sue me. Uh, and secondly, I don't buy free. I, I don't, I don't download or install free apps. Uh, they tend to come with a lot of malware and things like that. So um, I am okay with paying for it. So if you guys have anything, uh, anything in mind, uh, feel free. Oh, look at this. Okay. Uh, Shape CRM, okay. ClickUp, I've heard of that. Um, you need a person, not technology. That is 100% true. I actually, we actually have a person, uh, but we kind of delegate that to strictly business. I'm talking about like personal stuff. So, all right. So thanks for those suggestions. Um, Go ahead and, I mean, you can, at will, you can just start throwing stuff in there. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a look at all of it. All right, so what are we going to talk about this week? Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I hope you guys can hear me okay. Oh, I forgot to bring my mic down. Holy cow, look at me. I hope that's better. Is that better? Thumbs up if that's better. All right. All right, so what are we going to talk about this week? Okay, so one of the biggest hurdles... Um, I think not just in this business, but in general, people tend to think very, uh, narrowly and, and very kind of singularly, uh, a lot of people walk around with blinders on, you know, um, they tend to believe in the things that they only know today, right now. All right. Um, a lot of people also tend to believe in what they're told. They believe in what the masses believe. So, uh, you know, they have these belief systems that are based upon uh, popularity instead of actual facts, right? So one of the things about our business and one of the things about real estate investing in general is that you have to understand that we are dealing with a portion of the population that is so small. I mean, really, if you think about it at any given time, I'm talking about like, like not on, not on an accrual basis, but at any given time, you know, today, tomorrow, the next day, at any given time, we're talking about roughly one to 3% of the population has a distressed property to sell. It is such a tiny, tiny portion of of all the deals or of all the properties that get sold, we are dealing with such a small portion. Um, and, and, you know, it can be problematic because we also have a very low barrier to entry to get into this business. I mean, it's extremely low. That's why we have all of this, uh, 
you know, that's why we have all of these, um, you know, people, people tend to like jump into wholesaling and things like that. There is almost, there is almost no other business on the planet that you can get into without a much larger upfront capital, capital requirement. Right. So, but when we're dealing with such a small portion of the population, um, most people just can't wrap their minds around this fact that most people, most people can't wrap their minds around the fact that someone would be willing to sell a home either one at a discount or two using some form of creative financing. All right. And make sure we've got no. Okay. Guys, I have to kind of, I'm kind of looking at my notes and going back and forth between the chat here. Feel free to, uh, feel free to uh, post whatever you'd like in there. All right. I'll check on it. I promise. But, okay. So back to what I was saying, there are, uh, most people, most people in this country have zero motivation to sell a home. Like they have no motivation whatsoever. They either know what to do. Um, doesn't matter if they're a landlord, an owner occupant. It really does not matter. Most people don't have any kind of real motivation to sell a home because they don't really know. Like, for example, let's say it's a vacant property. They don't, they haven't thought out what can actually happen with a vacant property. Personally, a vacant property for me is like the most stressful thing on the planet. I, I just... I hate having a vacant property. And, um, you know, if I am going to become a motivated seller, it's probably going to be because it's a vacant property. You know, there's very few other, uh, uh, there are very few other motivators for me um, that would cause me to sell a home at a discount. So let's just put that out there on the table. You know, uh, we're dealing with a very, very small portion of the population, uh, most of which who have. Uh, really no motivation at all to sell a, uh, to sell a home. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I want to talk about today is this idea. Uh, it's not even really an, an idea. It's, it's just a fact. It's a fact of life. And it's this phrase that I always, that I always use. And I always, I have to remind myself. And I also remind my students at all times, because a lot of, a lot of people get frozen in this, uh, in this process. And that phrase is, you are not your customer. You are not your customer. And like I said, it's something that I always tell myself when I get to that point where I'm getting ready to make an offer on a property. Um, it is something that it, it's like this, uh, it's like this mental push that says, you know what, this, fo this, this guy or this, this gal, they don't really seem that motivated, but you know what? I'm not them. I don't know what's going on with them. So, so like I said, you know, a lot of new and even, even seasoned investors just cannot wrap their mind around, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, this always happens to me when I get to talking, I start to, uh, throat gets dry and stuff like that. But anyway, um, a lot of these folks just cannot wrap their minds around why a seller would choose to sell a house, say, uh, say subject to you know, and possibly lose all of their equity or some of their equity in that deal, right? And whether that's, that could be sweat equity, that could be all the work that they've put into it, or it could be, you know, monetary, monetary equity. Some people just cannot grasp that concept and they don't, and, and they don't, 
what they end up doing is they'll end up avoiding making that offer because they don't think that the seller is going to be on board with them, right? Uh, they just assume that their, their seller is going to have this same reaction that they would as if somebody asked them to sell their house, you know, on terms or, or whatever. So, so let's just talk about what actually motivates people. And I would like for you guys to participate in this a little bit. If you guys have, um, I, I, you know, let's just list some of our, our motivators or, or, or motivating circumstances in the chat. Like what are some reasons why, let's just start listing out the reasons why somebody would sell either, you know, at a discount or on terms or um, what are some of those motivators? Let's, um, let's get the chat going here. I don't know who said good morning, bro, but uh, good morning to you as well. Unfortunately, I can't, I have, I'm streaming out to several different platforms right now. So uh, it's very, very hard to, uh, actually this, actually what I use does not allow me to see Facebook. I see you came from Facebook. So whoever you are, good morning to you as well. All right. What we got here, Jamon says exactly if a, if a property owner doesn't have a problem, I'm not entertaining the conversation. This is the reason why I focus on pre foreclosures and homes with little to no equity. Yeah, good point. Let's see here. Let me get rid of this caption up here. Uh, we're gonna hide that. There we go. Yeah, I had the uh, had the logo over your comment there, Jamon. All right, so yeah, just start. Just throw some motivators in there. I'm gonna throw. You know, obviously, time is a huge motivator. Time's a big deal. Somebody's on a uh, on a time crunch. They've got to get rid of something. They've got to get rid of a property. Um, you know, that could be a huge motivator. I just told you vacancy for me. I don't care how much time I have. Um, well, I would say that having a vacancy for me feeds into time. Like, how fast can I either get that place sold, or how fast can I get somebody in it? So, I guess it does kind of come down to time as well. Money, right? Divorce, pre foreclosure, job loss, hundred percent. Yep. Right, but so so money. Although <clears throat> I will say. I'm I'm shocked at just how how much less of a motivator money actually is than what most people think. Like, uh, you know, our industry is literally built around this concept uh, of of you know trying to trying to convince a seller to sell for less, um, and actually doing it. Like, we we have a whole industry built around this. Like. We have people that go out and buy properties at a discount, and and that's that's what we invest in. So, uh, so money is a huge a huge uh, huge factor. What's the line between the problem that would drive them to do a wholesale discount versus doing sub two? Well, for me, I'd like to I would like to address that. I, I guess is that John? If if that's uh, if that's John, um, shoot me a thumbs up or just say yes. Um, here's, here's the line for me. Actually, you know what? I'm going to address this here in just a moment. I'll address this in just, just one quick second, because, uh, for me, we don't necessarily, we don't necessarily rely on, on cash offer offers. Obviously, obviously the deal is going to have to be a factor. Like, you know, the actual number crunching has to be a factor in that. Um, it also has to do with their motivation. You know, another one of these motivators is taxes. A lot of folks don't like to pay that capital gains tax. 
you know, and I realized that, you know, that does not apply for people who, for their primary residence, but a lot of these, you know, a lot of these investors who are selling, they get hit with capital gains all the time. You know, let's say have a really, really good uh, uh, tax person that is, uh, is doing right by them. Um, so another factor here is I will address that. I promise. Um, one of the other factors I have are headaches fix up. Um, and again, that's probably going to come, that's probably going to relate to cost, uh, fixing up, especially like over the past couple of years, we know that, uh, materials have just shot through the roof, although they are starting to level out again. Uh, another headache would be moving, moving their stuff, getting rid of stuff, all of that good stuff. Um, is the deal machine good? Hey, there we go. All right, John. Perfect. All right. <clears throat> so are they, are they out of state? Um, do they have, you know, the knowledge? Do they know their options? You know, all that good stuff. So that kind of folds into, you know, maybe it might be a, a um, might be one of those factors. I think, I forgot who it was. I think it was Randall that said something about, um, something about pre-foreclosure. So yeah, maybe they don't know their options when it comes to a bank foreclosing. on them. There's all kinds of motivators, right? But the answer to all of these questions is, I go back to this. It is literally, that's that phrase that I talked about earlier. It is, you are not your customer. You don't know. You won't know until you make an offer, right? So how do you get to, to understand that? How do, you get to, how do you get to that point where you can actually make that offer? And we go back to some previous videos that we did. Um, you have to get to their motivations, right? Um, how do you do that? Well, Going back to previous videos, you got to ask really good questions. You know, I don't particularly like selling people on the idea of sub two. I don't like, I'm not a closer when it comes to doing a creative deal, like a subject two deal. Um, I just feel like if I have to talk somebody into that, uh, that's, that's a long-term relationship for me. If I pick up somebody's house subject to, that is going to be a long-term relationship. I am kind of by proxy going into business with them right? Because their name's always going to be on that mortgage. So I don't, I'm not a hard seller when it comes to, when it comes to buying houses subject to, all right. But you still have to get to their motivations. How do you even get to that point? How do you even cross that threshold of making that subject to offer, right? So you're going to ask good questions. You're going to have, for me, it's just a matter of, of building rapport, just having a, 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 just a good old plain belly to belly conversation, right? That's, that's just how I do it. I know a lot of people that are doing this over the phone. Um, I'm a belly to belly guy. I like to be in front of people. It's just building trust and rapport, right? So that's number one. <clears throat> now, once you have all that trust and rapport, you figured out the motivations, you've asked the good questions. Now you actually have to present an offer. And the way that, and so I'm going to go back and address here, um, I think it was John. He said, I can't scroll down. Why can't I sc scroll down here? Oh, I can scroll down. He asked about the line between making an offer, a, a cash offer and say a subject to offer, right? So in our case, we address all of that. We What we generally do 
unless it's just a super smoking deal, like we know that somebody's hot to trot, they're like ready, they're ready to go right now. They want to sell it for cash, and we can get it for cash at a super great price. We won't, we will, we'll avoid this. All right. But generally speaking, 90% of the time, we are using a multi offer strategy, a multi offer letter of intent, right? And we've talked about this before, but what that really does, what it, well, first of all, let's talk about what it is. That is, we have, we have a, uh, I personally use REI Blackbook and I have the, the multi offer generator that they offer inside REI Blackbook. Fantastic tool. I'm telling you, there is nothing like it on the planet. I've said it a million times and I still believe it. Nobody has been able to replicate what this tool can do for you. I'm talking like, build out offers, um, uh, send out letters, uh, follow up with workflows. And then if you want to get real crazy, you can, you can, uh, you can calculate for some advanced strategy like note selling first and second position notes, all that good stuff. You can do that all inside the multi-offer generator, but ultimately what we're getting to and what we're trying to, what we're trying to offer our seller are different options for selling. And, and so what we're doing essentially is we're going to put a cash offer on there, on that, on that letter of intent. We're going to put a, an interest only offer. We're going to put a subject to offer. Uh, we may put just a, a, a wrap on there. We don't, we don't know that it's all about the numbers at that point, but what it does ultimately is it puts them in the driver's seat. It gives them this feeling that they are picking, they are choosing an option that best fits them. And meanwhile, all of those options benefit us as well, right? So we don't put anything on the letter that's not going to benefit us. So it's not, it's not deceitful in any way. It's uh, it's, it's very upfront. They have all the figures, all the numbers, they know exactly how much they're going to make. You know, if they're going to, if it's going to be a cash deal, they're going to know how much they're going to make at closing. If it's going to be a terms deal, they're going to know what they're going to make monthly, yearly, uh, you know, and, and however long that uh, that deal lasts, whatever the term of that deal is. So we let them pick the best options. I want to uh, <clears throat> I want to just caution this this is probably the biggest thing that the, the number one thing that I see, particularly with people that are um, that are just getting into the business, maybe they've been in for one or two years and they, they don't they don't really understand this concept. Um, and they've probably been told a million times. And I don't know if it's fear. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But you cannot make the mistake of avoiding an offer just because you assume that the seller is not going to accept it. You have to make you have to make offers. Like you have to make tons of offers, tons and tons of offers. The cool thing about the multi-offer strategy or the multi-offer letter of intent is that you are offer you the offers that you make benefit everyone involved. You know, if there's a bank involved and you're going to pick it up subject to, the bank's going to benefit. The seller's going to benefit. You're certainly going to benefit. Um, but there's multiple ways, there's multiple offers on that, on that, uh, on that letter of intent. And what does it hurt? That letter of intent, by the way, does not bind you to anything. You are not under contract at that point. You're simply giving the seller options. That's it. And it's been such a game-changing 
uh, a game changing thing for our, for our business and for a lot of people's, a lot of people's business. Uh, I did a video. You guys might, you might be able to find it out there. Um, but I did a video with, uh, Andy Wright. Andy Wright was the, he's actually the, the OG, the original inventor of the multi-offer generator. And, uh, you know, I'm in a mastermind with Andy and Andy, um, he presented this thing in, in his big Excel spreadsheet. I mean, just to fire this Excel spreadsheet up took like two minutes, you know, and I've got like an Intel i7 laptop. I mean, this thing was massive. It had all kinds of, uh, it had all kinds of like, um, what do you want to call it? I don't want to say API calls. It had all, all kinds of like object calls going out to different, different sources and things. And this was all in an Excel spreadsheet. And then, uh, and then he, uh, actually got it in kind of integrated in with REI Blackbook. But an absolute game changer. And you don't have to use that software. Uh, you can do this literally just in Microsoft Word. It's going to take you some calculations. And, uh, you know, you have to do some some manual calculations and things like that and check and double check and make sure everything is, is, uh, is solid. All your numbers are solid. Uh, but so that's how we that's how we kind of avoid or answer that question, John. Um, where do we draw the line? You know, where do we draw the line between a cash offer and say a subject to deal or subject to offer? <clears throat> and um, like I said, for us, uh, we just include all of it. We include all of it and let them pick because either way, in any, in any case, we win. All right. So um, let's see here. Let me go through the chat here real quick to make sure we've got everything. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, oh, it's the rejection. Yeah. Well, I got news for you, man. <laughs> That's this business. That's the business. Um, you know, you got to get used to rejection. That's all there is to it. It's just that it really the, the only way to do it is to just get the reps in. You know, if you're a sensitive person, uh, if you have you have trouble with rejection, well, there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot we can we can. Uh, there's not too much we can work on, right? You have to just get the reps in. That's all there is to it. Eventually, it will become a uh, it will become second nature. Just rejection. I mean, you look at all like the big. I'll, I'll use wholesalers for example. You look at all the big wholesalers. How many rejections do you think an average? an average wholesaler or a, or, a, or an average buyer gets per day, especially these guys that are sending out like, you know, three, four or 5,000. I know people, I, I know wholesalers that send out 30,000 pieces of mail a month. How many rejections do you think they get? You know, uh, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I'm kind of just going through the chat here. Um, but anyway, yeah. So whoever that, I, that you're a Facebook user, so I can't see who you are. I would say, uh, I'd say, uh, hunker down and get used to rejection, man. It's just a part, it's just a part of the business. It's not, not just this business, by the way, it's, it's any, any business. I mean, you're going to have that no matter what. Um, let's see here. Oh, let's start at the top here. Can't separate personal and business anymore. hundred percent, man. That is such good. That's such good advice, John. Yeah. I mean, that's such good advice. Um, so I actually just went through this with my wife. She had uh, she had these she had two calendars, 
she had her personal calendar. She runs a, she's a yoga therapist as well. And she has a yoga business, right? Well, she was constantly bouncing back and forth, missing, uh, missing appointments and getting confused. And, and finally she asked for my help on setting up some domain stuff for her. Like, uh, I forgot, like it was, um, I think it was a Google workspace account. We had to, had to bring some domains in. <clears throat> I said, uh, I made a deal with her. I said, well, I'll help you with this, but I'm not setting up all your calendar. Cause she had another piece of software that she, she uses for, uh, for appointment scheduling, things like that. So I make a deal with you. I'll, I'll help you, but I am not, you, you got to have one calendar. You cannot separate your personal life from your business life anymore. It has to be, I mean, especially for a lot of us who, uh, you know, especially for a lot of us who like, I don't have those kind of management skills anyway. So the more I can condense things down into one singular type of, um, uh, Let's, if we're talking about calendars, it would have to be on one calendar. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people think that this is work, this, uh, this work life balance, it's all bullshit. I mean, it, it really is. In fact, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I just listened to uh, Grant Cardone's new book this weekend. I'm not a big Grant Cardone fan at all. Quite honestly, the guy's voice makes my skin crawl. But you can't help listen. You can't help but listen to him because uh, he, he talks. He talks about that exact topic. It's the uh, 10X Mentor. If anybody wants to go out and check out a, a, another Grant Cardone, decent decent book. Probably not as good as the uh, his 10X book, but but yeah, um, very, very good point. It's, I mean, I think you're, I think the most that I do when I when I talk about work-life balance, the biggest thing that I do is I, I always take Sundays off. I'll work my ass off, you know, Monday through Saturday, um, but Sundays, like this is enjoyable to me. I don't consider this work by the way. So, uh, but, but yeah, so, um, very, very good point. Love that. Uh, John, I'm not going to address the Palliser issue. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, honestly, there's, I don't know enough about, I know REI Black Book very well. I know the owners of REI Black Book very well, uh, but I do not inject myself into controversy. So I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'll work with anybody. Let's just keep it at that. If uh, somebody has my core values, they meet my core values, and I think they're a good person, I'll work with them. Not a problem. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Divorce, pre-foreclosure, job loss. Yep, yep, yep. Um is Deal Machine a good tool for finding sub two? I use Deal Machine. It's been a good four years now, and back then it was a it was a good tool, definitely a good tool. Um, but I opted, ended up opting for a tool that actually integrates with REI Blackbook since I'm since I'm a subscriber and a user. Uh, it's called Profit Drive. Very very similar. Uh, Profit Drive is pretty cool though, and they may do this in Deal Machine now. I don't think they did it at the time. But Profit Drive actually has a built-in mail um, mailing workflow system. If you know, maybe you can answer yes or no if Deal Machine has that now. But it's basically, you know, you go in, you can send one-off pieces of mail. It integrates with REI Blackbook so that you have multiple touch points that maybe aren't just mail. So you can send a piece of mail, then you can, uh, you know, you can shoot out an email, or you can, you know. Uh, 
Senator Ringwood's voicemail. And it's this whole builder. Uh, oh, there we go. There's John. Problem is that Deal Machine does not do any segmentation. That would be a huge problem. I can tell you, um, I can tell you that REI Blackbook is a tag-based system, if that means anything to anyone. Um, REI Blackbook is really, um, they've rebuilt the entire, the entire platform. And if you've ever used anything like Evernote or if you've used anything like, um, oh, what's the, like Pipedrive, it's all tag, it's all tag based. So, you know, you can perform certain functions based on whether or not this particular contact has a tag. And, you know, I will get super, super geeky on you. Uh, so I don't want to get down this rabbit hole, but, uh, but yeah, so I use, I don't use Deal Machine. I use Profit Drive. Profit Drive, uh, you, know, you can get out, snap a picture. It'll do all the tracking, your, tracking where you're driving and uh, show your previous drives. And then you can go in and set up this workflow for, for mail and all that good stuff. Uh, I think they're probably both very similar these days. But, um, but I will tell you that Profit Drive, the way it integrates with REI Blackbook, it allows you to, uh, it allows you to set up workflows where I don't, I don't know that Deal Machine does something like that. I really don't. It's been a long time since I used it. Uh, let's see here. I love it, Jermon. Jermon says, I've been called everything in the book by sellers. It just rolls off like water on a duck's back, 100%. Yep, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you just forget that. It, it, you, if you do it enough, you just... Forget there are some definitely that stand out. Maybe one day we'll have a, uh, maybe one day we'll have a live where we'll take uh, we'll take suggestions on on uh, or take uh, take chats, take take uh, take comments on maybe the worst experience you ever had with a seller. I definitely have one. I mean, um, and it was it was awful. In fact, I still up until about a year and a half ago. This is something that happened with a seller. Gosh, it's been six years now. Happened with a seller, and up until about a year and a half ago, um, I, I still, I still kept hearing from this little Italian, this little Italian lady. She's a fireball, you know. I have to hand it to her, but man, it's just been a, it's just been a nightmare. Um. All right. All right, guys. Well. Take a look at our time here. We're good on time. Um, before we uh, before we wrap this up today, uh, I just want to do a real quick recap. And um, I think everybody, um, I think everybody kind of get got the gist of this. This this video is really it's not about the tools. It's not about the strategies. It's literally this is all about making offers. And you know the rule. Everybody's heard the rule. You do not leave an appointment. You do not, if you're a virtual person, you do not get off the phone without sending an offer. You make offers. It's the only way you buy houses, right? So um, that is the gist of this. And just do not assume, you cannot, you can't afford to assume that somebody is not going to do a deal with you because you have this preconceived notion that they won't accept your offer. It's silly. It's a silly way to think if you really sit back and think about it. So uh, I think that's all we've really got. Guys, I really appreciate you joining me this morning. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I get a kick out of this stuff. And um, 
you know, I just love getting on here and talking about it. So what do we got here? GoHighLevel.com is the base platform for REI reply. I will go and check that. And you're in Facebook, so that'll be in the uh, that'll be in the comment section in Facebook. So thanks, thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate that. All right, guys, you know the deal. Uh, you can obviously you can go go check us out over there at Sub Two Empire. We have uh, we have a lot going on. We have a um, just announced this week. We have a whole new uh, uh, tiered pricing structure. Um, feel free to go over and check us out. Otherwise, take a look at all the rest of the videos and stuff we've got on the channel. And if you're coming from Facebook or any any other place, head over to to uh, YouTube, and uh, we'd really appreciate appreciate the subscribe, like, and notification bell, all that good stuff. You guys know the deal. All right, guys. Really, really appreciate it. Take care. We'll catch you later. All right.